Welcome to the Podnauts podcast, everyone. Welcome, everyone. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And today in the studio, we've got Duffman, Flynn, Cugsy, myself, Whiteside, and we've got a special guest as Ooh. well. Whoop, whoop, whoop. It's Ahmed from the award winning restaurant, The Purple Olive. The world's best Indian restaurant. The world's <laughs> best. And I'm going on record saying that as well. Yeah, I'll back you up on that. Yeah, thank I you very much. Yeah. Hi, Ahmed. Thank you. you. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for yeah. inviting oh, thanks me. Thanks for coming. Oh, no, thanks for coming, mate. Really enjoy your company <laughs> on a regular basis. Let's just start with origins of the purple olive. So yeah. where it came from, why it started. Because we've like got that. a theory on it. Right, and it starts with a, zom- a zombie apocalypse, right? <laughs> and it's a former pub with two floors and a flat roof that can take snipers <laughs> yeah, yeah. and helicopters. Was that your thinking? <laughs> Ooh. Not far off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Crack and base, shutters and food, that's it. That's yeah. all you need in a zombie yeah. apocalypse. So, all right, um, a little bit of background. We wanted to know, first and foremost, how you ended up in Huns Cross in Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And with your business, tell us your backstory. Yeah, well, obviously, we're from, I'm from Oldham in Manchester. I used to work for this guy. He's got a restaurant in Oldham. And last couple of years, I've been looking for a place for my own. I've, I worked in this industry on and off for about 30 odd years. In between that, I've graduated, I've got a degree in business IT, I worked for British Gas for 15 years. And while I was working for British Gas, I used to work part-time in my friend's restaurants for a good 10 years. Yeah. Used to work at British Gas Monday to Friday, do overtime Saturday, to work in the restaurant Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So I used to work, my wife used to say, nine days a week. Yeah. <laughs> you must well, be minted. Making ends meet. So one of my mates who was working with, he said, look, Ahmed, I'm thinking of doing a place, but it's quite far. So I said, how far? I said, look, I've got one in Manchester and I've got one in the Stockport. I said, but I'm looking a bit further up. I said, how far? Because I'm thinking Liverpool, because that's a bit of a trek. Because yeah, but, you know, Liverpool's it's a good spot. And he said to me at the time, look, Liverpool, even though the Indian cuisine's been around for God knows how long, Liverpool, Indian cuisine is second on the list behind Chinese food and uh, English chippies. Oh, really? And he said, look, I found a place. Come and have a look at it and what you see what you think. But at first I said to him, to be honest, Julie, it seems a bit far, you know, Liverpool, about 45, 50 miles. Well, it's not that far, it's south of Liverpool. So I came along with him and... I had a look at the place, scouted it and looked, and he goes, and there's another place there, some lads from Oldham got a place, you know, Holdy, which is not far from... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. in, in Oldham Village, Milton yeah. Village, yeah. He said, look, they've been here a few years and they do well. And he said, look, I've done my research, see what you think. So I obviously looked on the area, looked up, did a bit of research. And I said, look, sounds looks like a good area. I mean, at the time, they were, I don't know if you remember, this used to be the Raj... Indian take yes, they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they were cracking lads, by the way. Yeah, they were good lads. They were, from, they were originally actually from Oldham uh, when they first uh, came to this country. Then they moved to Liverpool about fifteen odd years ago. But they were originally from Oldham. I've got a little story about them. Have you yeah. want me to touch on it? Go on. So you know your your building now that you're in yeah. used to be the the Hunts Cross yeah, Hotel yeah. or Hunts Cross Pub, yeah. yeah. Obviously, you wouldn't stay there. It, no, no. <laughs> it wasn't the most reputable. No, no, a lot of my friends used to go, and I didn't really frequent it. But they come an annual tournament, a football tournament, okay. between the lads from the Raj right. and the lads from the Uns Cross, right. who were all basically overweight piss heads. 
He used to go and have a game on Camp Hill. I'm sure every year that the lads of the lads used to absolutely stop them. <laughs> they all thought, they all, oh, we're Liverpool fans, I'll beat these and all that. But these are young lads and they were fit. And there was a cup, it was a bit like the Ashes. I think it swapped hands a couple of times, but mainly the lads and the lads would always come out oh, on top. Yeah, the thing is, when, when I first came to see the actual pub, it was in a quite a bad state. I mean, I remember coming in one late afternoon, I was, there was like three fridges in the bar and about four bottles of beer between the four fridges. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I can't believe um, that. There's, there's a, and the windows were quite small then, you know, like thin, long windows. Yeah. There's a guy, must have been drunk, his head on the table, a couple of lads <laughs> playing pool over there. I thought, oh, nothing of it. It's a bit early in the day, so maybe it'll get busier. So I went to the toilets and, oh my word, <laughs> it was, you know, I mean, one, it just, I know Jan's toilets generally smell anyway, but that, that yeah. smell. It was old school booze that. Old school, yeah. When I say old school, you know, the actual um, urinals were like, you know, ceramic ones. Yeah. Like right up to the, about 10 foot tall. So, and. Oh, there's many things. a story of stay <laughs> they used to have stay behinds in there there's, yeah, there's a lot of stories bad, yeah. i can tell but i mean people said to me you know this it wasn't first opened years ago it was a nice pub but the last 10 15 years got neglected by the you know by the uh, yeah my dad used to drink yeah. it when he was and like you know coming like a crime scene and a drug scene every week oh yeah it was yeah. it was, yeah. it was heavy. people stayed away so when we first so when we first opened january 2017 obviously it used to be like an old brick building but we cut it all up made it all black but at first good year or so people used to think what is it is it an indian restaurant is it a chinese what's yeah. in there but the old reputation of the pub stuck to people's head yeah yes i'm not going in a lot of people even, even up to two years when we open people used to come in wow it's i don't think it's gonna be like this inside you know because we did it all up i'm kind of modern deco to be pleasantly surprised but people initial thought was bad pub you know it's funny you touch on the drug scene in there because i swear you're putting crack in your food <laughs> i can't stop eating it <laughs> i cannot stop <laughs> me and my dad have been loyal customers since it opened oh yeah definitely it's, it's a staple food. part of my diet <laughs> yeah it is thank you when thank he you. says customer he means addict yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean talk about customers i mean we're very lucky we've had customers from day one are still coming that it is on that works two ways yeah, that, yeah. that's a, there's a reason they come back though yeah. It's not just because they, no, not know, me. It's, it's, it was just me. It's then. a two-way exchange, though, isn't it? It's yeah, always it nice yeah, in yeah. there. Do you know? I mean, look, I always believe you know, people say to have good food, but I think customer service also goes hand in hand. You might go to a place you love the food, but if the service is shit, so you're not going to go back and think. Yeah. You know, where did they even look at us, or they didn't come and ask us anything? Where, well, if the service was good, but the food was shit, think yeah, it was a bit. You know, so you both go hand in hand. You have to have a right balance. So I think we've got it. To a tea. Yeah, the customer service is excellent yeah. as well as the food. Like I said, we've got two other branches, one in Ellesmere Port and one in Ashton. Compared to them two, ours is the smallest one in half the size. But that's why I have this thing with the customers. I know everybody by the first name, you know. Yeah. And the sad thing with me, if somebody phones up, I straight away know with the voices and with their orders who it is. That's good, though. That's a good people talent to have. That's yeah. a talent, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so people yeah. are... Well, people appreciate little things like that. I have a question here about it. How do you come across the choices of the menu? So like the certain curries, like Nepalese, yeah. Baltese, what have you. Who comes up with that menu? Uh, the, the, mainly the chef. He uh, was the, our partner from day one. It's his menu. He's, whatever he's what works, he's took these special dishes. He's, it was to him. So like the Nepalese, the Afghan. I mean, like your masala, your karma there, like the, what we call the traditional dishes. Everybody does them. But like things like, Silsila and the Flaming Rajma, they're only his dishes. Yeah. Nobody else has them. So it's something he's created from scratch. 
So you'll only see it at the Purple Olive, you won't see it anywhere else. The Rajmers. I mean, look, people do eat other versions of the Nepalese and Afghan. By all means, they do. But the, the Silsala, the green bell to garlic chicken, and a few other dishes you've probably seen yourself. It's only his dish, which he created. Yeah, the chef specials. chef specials. Yeah, yeah they're listed they on the him, yeah. yeah, so that's how it come about. And I mean, to be honest, I, I front of the house, I have no idea about curries. You know, like what goes in what, but it's his design. And I obviously know what, then he tells me, explains to me, then I can to the customers what the spices are going in. But in terms of creating a dish from scratch, He'll well, tell you. Well, while we're on the, the theme of curries, I've done a little bit of research Ooh. on some, some curries here. <laughs> I was going to put it all to you. And you, Ahmed, there's a few curries that are exclusive to the UK and have no links to India. Can uh, you name any of them? Ooh, easy first one, chicken tikka masala. Yeah, that's a yeah. best, yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Balti. Birmingham, Balti. Balti's Birmingham. Yeah. 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 What do they make it in? Uh, yeah. yeah, and it's traditionally served in a cast iron pot as well, yeah. Is it Dansach? Vindaloo? No, the one with the pineapple. Dansach, it? Yeah. yeah, and it originates from Lancashire with Lancashire. pineapple in, yeah. Pineapple, yeah. Uh, What's the feeling about, you always read as if like Indian food, is, it's been bastardised in this country. Yeah, yeah. I'd use the word hybridised, me. <laughs> hybridised. But that wouldn't involve the original yeah. idea and then, well, well you know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you, 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 the, the answer to the question is, you know, a lot of the curries are catered for the customs in this country. You know, if you went to India or Bangladesh or Pakistan, most of the dishes, what you have here, won't exist over there. Because their dishes, you know, like, the, for example, the, what I said before, masala. Masala was created for the English customers. But different palate. Different yeah. palate, yeah. Whereas in, if you go to like India, Indian people love the rotis, japatis, and the vegetables and the curries. Yeah. Because they eat less meat. But Bangladesh, it's more a fish. A, uh, I'm Bangladeshi. Our, most of our diet is consists of fish fish curries and they're like quite dry and very spicy okay. so sounds see, nice yeah. so on that menu, on, the, on our menu when we first started i had about 16 fish dishes but i've now cut it down to only four because there's not there's not the market for it here there's no market people just appeal to people okay. but as a bangladeshi you think oh i love fish yeah. maybe my customers will like who's fish. got a business degree <laughs> there right <laughs> oh, yeah. so it don't work you know what i mean yeah, so yeah. still oh, like that really oh, fantastic it was worth the risk then Starting the purple olive, you built the reputation because now it's probably the most popular it's ever been, is it not? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, when when we started, it was a big risk. I, I always ask to ask myself because I've invested a lot of money, yeah. a lot of time, and thinking when we first come here, we took it took a good oh, seven eight months before it picks up because yeah. the first few months I was a bit, a bit scared because it took because we didn't advertise that heavy you know like people some people do yeah most of the advertising did it myself went in the newspaper did a bit of social media but not that much but was still slow some things to myself is this the right move for me spend a lot of money because where, where we are even now Hunts Cross it seems we're a bit isolated whereas people like Walton Village yeah they've got your bars it's, it's your a pubs. destination so yeah. people will go for a few drinks yeah, and then exactly. go for it yeah I mean, yeah even to this day I cry out for somebody to open a bar or something well, or even another that sounds stupid yeah. but you help the local area and the business. There used to be a little triangle. There used to be like Reno, so it was New York, as there there was the Hill Foot. Yeah. <coughs> Obviously, the Hunts Cross went, uh, there was the waiting room. But even that little bank on the corner could do with being a trendy wine bar. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we were going to open something, weren't they? They were yeah. going to open something. Open even if it was another restaurant, it would probably yeah. attract more people yeah, exactly. to that yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. In terms of car park, we've got a small car park, but there's only a massive. They pay and display car park with the copies. So yep. car park is an issue. 
But where you know the Barker's Bank used to be, somebody did apply to be a tapas Spanish bar. Yeah. And he got the permission, but the locals won't have it. They said no, it's gonna be a parking issue, ru- issues with the probation and stuff like that. And the guy had to just I mean to be fair, you just gotta cross the road, yeah, haven't exactly, you, from the yeah, big car yeah, park. Yeah, exactly, I mean so. if you go to town and you park in Liverpool one or yeah, something exactly, like that, you've got to yeah, walk so. to and try parking in town anywhere, so yeah, it's yeah. the same I mean, same difference. So that's the issue we have. I mean, don't get me wrong, we are busy and we take us and people sitting in, but Sometimes people, some people come out for a day out on a Friday. Do you want to go somewhere yeah. either before or after your meal? And they've got nothing in Hunts Cross. Can I ask something? What's been interesting to me is the rise of, are they called dark kitchens? In terms of where there's restaurants and you can order food off Uber Eats and but that. You they actually don't have a restaurant. You can't go into a physical yeah, takeaway. Yeah, yeah. Obviously that exploded during the pandemic, didn't it? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. How's that affected your business? Because that's well, it's interesting that they've this move away from yeah. it's pushed onto you eat at home, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. The thing is, we're very, very lucky in that sense. One, we're very busy as it is throughout the whole week, especially the weekends, we're mad busy with we'll takeaways. And as you know yourself, it's all pickups. Yeah. yeah. We're doing deliveries. I mean, people shout at us every week, oh, what do you do? Deliveries are no can't. One, it's extra resources and two as it is, we give people a, a sufficient time and then it's not for people that 45 minutes to an hour. So if you're doing deliveries, you have to give people more time. You need more drivers, you need more staff. Your food will get cold. It's more fresh as well. The quality, yeah, yeah. Low, it? yeah. the quality. And yeah. thing like people like Uber Eats, Deliveroo. Take a massive slice. They do your ticket, they take a big commission and it affects your, affects your uh, business and your profits. But I've always said to them, no, I don't do deliveries myself. Why should I take... Uber Eats on. I, I don't use food delivery. I'm the same. When I, I want to know that it's come straight from there to my house. Yeah. Not, not, not 10 other houses. Yeah. I, yeah, not, yeah. Sp- not over I'm, loads of speed bumps on a moped. <laughs> yeah. I'm the same because I believe that even though as a consumer, Uber Eats and delivery is easy, go on the app, press the button. But the thing is, it's all right for you as a consumer, but as a business, they'll lose 20%. Yeah. So I'd rather phone the takeaway of the restaurant yourself and go and pick it up myself. It, for me, direct, yeah. Yeah. for yeah. me, society's lazy. Get off your ass. Yes. Hunt yeah. a gatherer. The atmosphere. Go and get it. Hunt a gatherer. Go and get it. Go and pick up. Some wood. Go. <laughs> Hunt a gatherer. Go and collect your yeah. own food that someone else cooked for you. So Hunt a gatherer. It's not. That's not under. That's not in. If the I come in with a giant like spear and a net or something I mean, like that, I don't think it's going to go down well. All these years, Paul, we have sort of stayed away from these deliveries and online orders but now it's come to a point now we've got one phone line I don't know if your listeners might know Friday and Saturday can be like a lottery system can get through to us because hundreds of people trying to phone through and have one phone line half the time people are waiting up to an hour to get through so we are the next couple of weeks going to move into <laughs> online system I've just app, done it an app system so people can order online no need to f- wait on the queue on the phone order the food We'll give them a time scale and come and pick it up. Still no deliveries, but nice. still on the app and on the online now. Still the right amount of crack added to the, yeah, yeah. To the food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I just, obviously, we've made up to have you on, and it, it's got me thinking about curry and Indian food. And I think, obviously, I really like it. I like eating your food. It's brilliant. But it's how you eat it that appeals to me. You know, like you get it, it all goes on the table. It's yeah. social the way you share bits. With, you yeah, know, yeah. like yeah. if it's you got cultural, a, isn't it? If you yeah. got a chippy, you sit, you put your chippy on the plate, and you're all just eat your chippy. Yeah. But I like the bit. The oh, bread, you like, yeah, and I, the breads up and stuff. Like, yeah, and you know, yeah. I'll have a try of a bit of yours yeah. and all that. I love that social side of it. Yeah. But talking well, about yeah. the social side of things as well, and and maybe the, even the community. 
I was going to ask you the question of what your engagement with the community is like, because I do see stuff up on your yeah, wall. Yeah. So I wanted you to elaborate yeah. on that. Yeah, well, what it is, when we opened up in Hunts Cross and whatever I've worked before, I've had a business before in previous areas, I believe in the fact for you to exist within the community because at the end of the day, your customers, your community is where your bread and butter. If, they don't, if they're not happy about where you are, what's the point of you doing a business in, in their community, in their area? So from day one, we've always sponsored football team, cricket teams, whatever. So Podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so I've, so I've we've sponsored every year, except for the pandemic year, every year I've sponsored one or two football teams, uh, especially young kids. Yeah, well al- also, I also sponsor this lad who does MMA fighting, Kyle. He's, he's quite popular. He's, he's, a, he's a good lad. He, I sponsor him a couple of times a year as well, do his t-shirts for him. Stay helping because his we, dad and his family yeah, are my customers. We as do well. the same. We local football team. Some we do some housing projects as well. We give give free stuff to yeah. like single parent families that are struggling. We do like free jobs through Cobalt and stuff. But uh, I've got a good story about when I I sponsored a boxer. Okay. Once and they approached me and like, I've been told he was really good and he was going on Sky Sports. Okay. So I'm out in town. Didn't see the fight because of the rain to go out. Um, I got a message from the lads in the shop. Have you seen what's happened? So he had our logo on his shorts anyway. Right. In the first round, he got bingoed out. <laughs> Stone cold on the floor. However, it had the, the, the logo was on the back of his shorts. So as he sparkled out, it was just on him for about five minutes. So we got a crack and appetizer. <laughs> so really great. Indian foods, your speciality for how you make a living. What other kinds of food do you go for? Well, I'm I'm one of those. I like to try everything. Like when I, for example, when I go on holidays, I've got I've been to quite a few countries around the world. Last year, I was on a football tour for six weeks with the lads. So we went to Malaysia. Six week football six tour. Six weeks. How did you like that? I'm not missing anything about that. What's the secret? I've got another one coming in a year's time. Yeah, so we went like Malaysia, went Australia. Went to Singapore, went Bangladesh. So that's not I the eye of a man for a couple of nights, no, no. is it? <laughs> so whenever I go, I try the local cuisine. You might Brilliant. not look appealing, but obviously you don't know what it's about. If you go somewhere trying to be a bit culturalized, try the food. We're, we're going to move on to that in a bit. But before we do move on to the, the cultural side of food, okay. you touched on football there, and yeah. I know... Obviously, when you come here, you're a massive Liverpool fan, aren't you, as well? I am, yes. How did that come about with you living in Oldham? Uh, well, originally, my dad's from Warrington. Dad used to watch a lot of football. I got into football quite late, actually. Like a lot of kids nowadays, young age, you know, even, even my kids, but four or five years old, winning football. I got into football quite late, probably early high school, because I was more into like other sports and stuff. And I got into quite late, and, and slowly got into it, into it. And dad used to... He wasn't like a mad supporter, but we used to love watching Liverpool in, like, in the 80s and 70s. Yeah. Though it sounds funny, I live in Manchester, older Manchester way, people think, oh, you're a Liverpool fan, but it doesn't matter. No, no, it doesn't yeah, yeah, of fan. course, so yeah. That's how I go into my, my older brother is actually uh, is a City fan, but, you know, that's another story. Because <laughs> no. oh. he, he, he used to work in Manchester in Eccles for years, and that's, he got converted into a... And, and did, you ever, did you ever play yourself? Yeah, yeah, I'm st- I still play. Do you still play? Yeah, yeah I managed, like I said, I've roofed watching football also still play he's got to blag the missus for a six week trip next year <laughs> and here's you blowing it's, them up on the podcast three, three weeks next door <laughs> not six weeks next door so. yeah I play for a vets team now uh, in the vets league every Sunday play on a side play twice a week indoor five a side as well but I managed an open age team called Westwood FC for 15 years as a player manager and we started off from division four won back to back titles won the tight promotion to the 
top league as well, won all everything. Well They're similar to me. I run football teams, play yeah, and yeah. stuff. And this year, I, I dusted off my boots and my gloves and I started again for Mossley Hill. You're a keeper, aren't you? For a keeper, yeah. And uh, I've lasted three games. I've just blew my hamstring and my groin out. The other fella come off worse though. He Is broke he? his collarbone oh. when it comes screaming out the goal. But I think I'll be back on back on the horse in about a month. Mm. So I should be back. Yeah, might make get friendly with you guys. But like, day. what's your favourite curry? My favourite curry. Out of, out of the purple olive. Uh, you gotta say it's the purple olive. You can't yeah, say you can go anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably say the garlic chili chicken. Simply because it's it's bursting with flavours and I like chunky peppers and tomatoes in my curry. And it's it's normally a sort of dry dish, but I like it quite extra saucy, and I like it with chapati. Okay. Uh, um, what's your favourite, Duffy? Purple olive chicken biryani. Peshwari, yes, no. Mine's got to be know. the madras. I get the madras most weeks. I'm, I'm Nepalese slash Afghan, me. Mm. So, Cooksy, have you been yet? I haven't been. Oh, You're not a beige eater, are you? No, I love, I love Indian food, but... I don't know. I've got no excuses as to why I've never been. Because right. I literally live down the road. Get out. Yeah. Just get out now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just... I'll take it and I'll take it. I am going to make gotta it. You've got to get out because they don't deliver. To, to go 100%. Well, we'll take it, don't worry. Yeah, yeah I'll take it's it. Just one last point on Indian food is, you know the way like everything else has succumbed to chains? Even like Wagamama's has taken over sort of Far Eastern. There's a chain involved uh, with burgers, pizzas, but there's no sort of global or national chain associated yeah. with Indian food. I think that's great. That I think it's more of a personal touch as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Think, I think that's cool. I mean, there's a couple of uh, franchises, like, 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 you know, like your... What's the one called with the, the swinging chairs and the monkey and the uh, Mowgli? The Mowgli, Mowgli. Yeah, oh, they've, yeah. they've got a few. I mean, most of the restaurants, they probably have it within like a northwest region or the London. They don't really expand to like north, south sort of thing. Like we've got three, but that's all within the northwest within all, because we all live in Oldham within our, uh, you know, yeah. 40, 45 mile radius thing. Yeah. It's not like global like your yeah. Mac is your case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because wherever you go, it's mm. going to have a personal Small business. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that's kind of cool. Did COVID affect you much? A lot. We struggled in COVID, to be honest. When it first happened, we just didn't know what to do. We were just shut. And we were shut about for six weeks. And then we hear stories from people, oh, some people have opened up just doing takeaways. But we didn't think anything of it. But then, obviously, on Facebook and social media, I got thousands and thousands of messages from customers when you need to open up. Even for takeaways, just open up because... We're having to go to your rival's place and we're waiting two hours for a curry. Yeah, crack with rurals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So me and my partners and the chef said, look, we'll open up. And obviously after about seven weeks, we opened up and we're just doing takeaways for about seven, seven, eight months. Then obviously... Did that we, keep the wolf from the door? Yeah, yeah, basically paying the bills and stuff, yeah. Keeping her head above the water sort of thing. But then do you remember... Boris announced a day before New Year's Eve, on New Year's Eve about... Say you're free. Yeah. That's it, shut down. And, and I obviously, as a business, used to buy things in advance. Well, I bought like, four kegs of cobra, two kegs of carling, hundreds and thousand pounds of chicken and veg and meat. Then you shut, what do you do? Message me. <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? No, I know. It, you know. I mean, we all know that, about well, the that, shafts yeah, of this government that, and we're all yeah, disgusted by yeah, it. Yeah, that we? was a loss. And, and then, the thing is, you were responsible for all the staff. Yeah, you know, exactly. You've got, you've got yeah. to feel yeah. that. Well. It's not yeah, just yeah. your customers. It's yeah, all yeah. that to work. I mean, funny enough... Even though we had that, what was that payment payment thing called? Furlough. Yeah, Furlough. Yeah. That was that was rubbish because 
I love half my staff during COVID because they, they couldn't wait around because in the restrooms are shut, but takers were still busy yeah. and they were busier because the restaurants couldn't. Our main bread and butter is people dining in and selling behind the bar, but the takeaways were getting busier, so people were moving to takeaways doing deliveries and stuff. A lot of my staff because of ah. COVID. So when it when it come back, did you struggle to get staff after that? Because a lot of people in sort of jobs like the restaurants industry did take that mantle up again. Did they, they change career paths? Did they? Yeah, a they lot did. of people, a lot of people yeah. did. Yeah, a lot of people got got into your Uber Eats, your delivery drivers, and just take drivers. And I lost three of my staff to that kind of jobs. Do you think the hospitality industry was the one that got hit the hardest throughout COVID? Yeah, us and obviously tourism as well. Yeah, so yeah, one of the hardest, yes. And the thing is, it took us another almost two years to recover because of the backlog and stuff. It's trying to get the, get customers to come out again. A lot of, funny enough, even about a couple of months ago, a couple of customers, Paul and Peter, they used to come every week, sometimes twice a week. It took her over a year and a half to convince her, husband to convince her to come out and eat because she was still, like we had COVID and we had the COVID variants and different strains. So people who are slightly elderly yeah. were a bit still scared to come out. Like, you know, every winter comes, oh, there's no, no, another COVID strain on people. So we struggled for t- up to two years, but we don't touch one now, we're, we're back to... It seems to have come back with a bit of fire, doesn't it now? Like, people seem to be... Yeah. I seem to be more people out, out more than ever. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it'll... I don't think we'll ever be locked down again in our no, lifetime. No, 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 no. Hopefully not. I, I own a flamethrower now as well, so... Yeah. I've got a flamethrower. It's only a roof and one, like, but it'll <laughs> do for melting police if they come near me anyway, so... Oh, man, that's amazing. I've really enjoyed hearing about yeah. that. Brilliant. So, on the subject of food, we thought we'd carry on the, the food genre. We'd put it to you, Ahmed. Yeah. Now, beige eaters, what do we all think of them? These are people who don't eat anything with spices in. Yeah. It's just like chicken, nuggets, sausage rolls. I, I've got one of these in my family. She's my daughter. And she used to eat everything as a child. When she went to senior school, it all changed. All she wants to do is... Oh, who didn't set phases to stun there. So all she wants to do is eat bland foods. Yeah. And then you try to wean her off them. So we need to come up with, how can we make people start wanting to eat food with flavour? I think it's very hard to do that because people have just got a stuck mindset of like beige food and it, it's scary for them to try yeah. other stuff. Well, the, the thing is with Indian restaurants, a lot of people... Some youngsters and a lot of elderly, when they think of Indian food, they think, oh, it's spicy food. But no. You can get flavours. No, we have... Garlic over, chicken. Yeah, we have over 15 dishes have no spice whatsoever. Fusion isn't Mild spicy, is it? The fusion is, but like your karmas, your masalas, your amiri mergs, your butter chickens, your chicken makanis. I can name loads, but on top of my head, about 15 dishes, mild dishes, no spice whatsoever. But people... Terms who think Indian food means spicy food. But it's, it's hot. Not, People think it's heat, hot, yeah. don't they? Yeah, spicy. And it's yeah. not, yeah. We cater for kids that come in, they'll have a masala or a butter chicken and they're fine with it. Like I was going to say, kids. that must ha- you must see that quite a lot where a family will come in and there'll yeah. be one who just yeah. doesn't. That's why, yeah. that's why, John, we have to have steak. And, you know, we have to have uh, kids. steak and kids' menu on there for, for, for kids that one. or yeah. an elderly family member who doesn't eat Indian food, so we have to have steak for him. It's like the way you're saying there about like be adventurous with food. Yeah. I view that as the same way as there's a big wide world out there for you to go and see and yeah. see different cultures and what have you. It's the same with food. There's yeah. so many different variations yeah. of food. Don't just stick to one. Be adventurous and try yeah. any type of food that's available. The best things in life 
are always made when yeah. you get out your comfort zone. Yeah. Whether it be travelling, you've done it yourself, you've yeah. always travelling all over the world, yeah. watching football, yeah. we go snowboarding, Cugsy and my oldies, you're like Judith Chalmers, yeah. you're, you're always on all the... And it's, it's, it's brilliant to get out your comfort yeah. zone and try different cultures yeah. and different foods, it's amazing. Mm. And I can't believe the mindset of these people who won't get out that zone. It's very... I don't know what's caused it. I, I, I'll tell you what's partially to blame for it is just simply the food industry itself, which advertises... It produces Process. processed food, yeah. and it's too easy. It's cheaper yeah. to put seven yeah. boxes of crap in a tray that yeah, you stick yeah. in a microwave. That's cheaper to do in your trolley yeah. than the ingredients I mean, that I mean, make them. We always them. say don't even the spice of life, but thing is, we get sometimes customers in coming in because people are used to your KFC and McDonald's. They order it, and it's within minutes, it's ready. Sometimes we get people on Saturday nights busy. We're giving people an hour and up to an hour for the food order to be ready. Well, can I order a couple of curries? But can I have in ten minutes? <laughs> what no, a, what no a, chance. What I do like about oh, that is then. when you go in, you can sit down, you can have a drink. There's a yeah. little area Some for the takeaway people, people. A lot of my customers come in; they know it's going to take us. So they have a couple of pints and we have a chat with you, yourself. Yeah, exactly. And and that it's again comes down to that brilliant atmosphere yeah, that, yeah. that's in that restaurant. Yeah. It's not like mm. I'm always in there. The wife moans. She goes, "Where do you take me for PT?" <laughs> it's just the default setting, sorry. That, talking to that, we, we, we were having a conversation about the Purple Olive, me, you and me mum, and we said, how often do you reckon we go to Purple Olive? About once a month, and then we went, no, we've been this week, the week before, and, <laughs> and the week before, before that. that. <laughs> so you know it's a winner, really. Like oh, I said, there's, there's something in it. I don't know what the secret ingredients are. His dad's been coming quite regular now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. once he went. That was be, it. Yeah. So before we go off about the purple olive there's some nights coming up and i don't know if are they all sold out are because i know i'm going to one of them i'm going to the lionel richie night which i've been to before and it's absolutely yeah, fantastic been, yeah. is that I mean, sold out all the events yeah well lionel richie's sold out now um we've still got limited spaces for michael jackson elvis and elton john tributes only a very very few limited seats but the funny thing is as well normally we open christmas day we do two sittings Christmas Day, we say. You're going to be there, aren't we? You? Are, we, are this, we say the traditional roast or Indian Indian food. But this year, by end of August, we're fully booked both sittings. Normally, it takes this time every year to get fully booked up. But this year, I don't know what it is. People have been booking up early. By end of the summer, I was fully booked. So, them tribute, are they twice a year? Are these tributes? The tributes, not just in December. Didn't you do them in the summer? Well, I, I did once, but. Because I've got a funny story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a couple Michael, of. Michael Jackson versus Elvis. Yeah, and I decided to wander down a purple olive, as I often do. <laughs> and I thought someone had spiked me or something, because as I walked in, Michael Jackson goes moonwalking past me. <laughs> I didn't know you had them events on. I was just going. What the hell's going on in here? <laughs> Obviously, you're going in and seeing you, and you went, oh, we're shocking it tonight. Yeah. I didn't know about it, but... Uh, it's good. I mean, they're good nights, to be honest, but I tend to... St- I mean, when we first opened, we used to do them quite regular, but then you get a lot of customers We don't want the noise, we don't want yeah. the flashing lights and the loudspeakers, so we just cut it down to now, just, just Christmas, December time, because it's one of those, it's... It's time ad- for a night yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. people want it quite nice. So we just, th- look, advertise it early on, this is what's going to happen these nights in December. Book your tables, you're in. If you're not coming in, it's fine. Come another day. Yeah, it's fine. It's doing well. It's more or less fully booked this year. Right, nice. shout out to Purple Olive. I think it's Purple Olive Hunts Cross. Have you got a social media channel oh, or yeah. anything like that? We have. We got. We have Facebook. We have Instagram, and we have Twitter. I'm just t- talking through it. You've won awards. Yes, uh, 2017 and 2018, we won uh, Northwest Curry House uh, of the Year. 
And Hold on. That is no small thing. Yeah, man. You've got rush game. home and everything yeah, in yeah. there. Yeah. So only last year, uh, obviously, we had went to a vote and we lost out. We came third. Oh, only third only out third, of all yeah. the curry oh, houses. Yeah, yeah, well, that, that's pretty and last, good, and the it? year before, we come second. 18 and 19, we won it two years in a row. So, but you've stayed in brilliant. the top three curry yeah, top houses. Three, yeah. That's pretty last damn year, good. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's brilliant. Last two years, we lost out in second place. Right, is it time for Lost in Music? Well, I'm just plan on uh, taking over the world today. I I offered him a, a slot on Lost in Music, so he just threw a Bob Marley at me. Yes. So uh, yes. I went for Could You Be Loved? Could you? Oh, it's fine. It's only this one. My choice this week is Going Back in Time, which is Fanfare for the Common Man by Emerson, Lake and Palmer. Oh, beautiful. I recognise this tune. It's been on the movie. It's always used. Like a... Is it always used? Sports and That'll be added to the list. Uh, Carmen from Toxliff sent me in, Dead or Alive, you spin me right round. So obviously see what versions of that you can get Cugs and add it to the, the, to the playlist. I've picked this one. It's called Difficult by DJF and is remixed by Sparrow and Barbosa and Josh Millman, apparently. Josh Milan. Also, Amazing sorry, I stand, yeah. Yeah, I stand corrected. But I still love you. I still love you. And I need you. But there, you've got the love it, Frankie Knuckles, yeah, that isn't it? Yeah, Frankie Knuckles, isn't it? He's on at Southport weekend, they're in March, the Jeff. Fell for that one. Yeah. Mine's a bit of a wacky one this week. It's Walking on a Dream by Empire of the Sun. So, Duffman, have you got one for this week? Yeah, to to yeah, I, yeah, I played out on this Saturday night and uh, dropped an absolute belter, which was Lou Rawls' You'll Never Find a Love Like This. Yeah, 
it's an absolute blind. So I'll have to have a, have a look into that. Yes. I always love after we've done the podcast and we publish it, going back through the tunes we picked and have a little listen. So if you want to get involved, you know to get us on social media, the Pod Notes, Facebook and Instagram. Links are in the description to find the playlist. If you want to add to it, send us a message with your, your tracking. Nice one. So the final subject is I watched a stand-up comedy at the weekend by Matt Reif. And it was called Natural Selection and I absolutely... It's I, on Netflix, I, I nearly died because I couldn't breathe from laughing. I thought it was that good. I don't know if everyone else, how, how you guys found it. But there was it was a little bit difficult to start because there was some American analogies in it I didn't get at the very start. But if you stick with it, it's on Netflix. It was fantastic. It, what did you think about it, Ahmed? I watched it. I think it was quite good, quite funny. I think... Is bit at the end hit home quite hard about social media. Well, I want to elaborate on that in a minute. Okay. So, how did you find the humour? I mean, he reminds me of somebody between like Lee Evans and PK, like he does the voices and the yeah. interactions, and it's quite good and good energy yeah, on good the stage. Energy on the stage as well, and he seems quite relaxed as well. Like he naturally does all his jokes and just goes with the flow. Yeah, I think it's quite good. Yeah, some cooks. Yeah, I managed to. Uh, only get through about like half an hour of it. But what I found with them was the majority of comedians now will say something that some others will find offensive. But I like the way the audience, you could tell they knew the type of humour that they were going to get and they went along with it. But then he would also bring it round. You've obviously touched on the social media aspect of it. But he turned it around to stuff that is relevant and like in the news to basically to highlight that. And what I've seen of it, it's been really good so far, so I'm going to watch that over the next couple of days. So let's elaborate back on the social media. What did you glean from that, Ahmed? Well, the fact that he said no, first thing he said was, look, I hate social media. I think you can make that comment when people who use it and have had abuse or have had issues with it. You know, the th- unfortunate thing is we all are drawn into it, aren't we? We all have some sort of Facebook, your WhatsApp, your Instagram. We all on a daily basis. I mean, look, I'll put my hands up and say I'll, I use it as well, one, personally, and also for my business. So I'm quite a lot into it, you know, Instagrams and your Facebook because I use it for my football friends and use it for my business, so I'm quite into it. But I also get told off at home, oh, you spend too much time. But it's just the way we are, the society is. But then the other side, flip side to it, how toxic it can be. You know, like if you make a comment you, you or you make a statement you believe in, and the backlash you can get off it, it's just, you know... Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely phenomenal. So some, it's got the God and the bad in it, but I think it's more bad than the God. Yeah. But it's just I had, it is in society. I had a massive epiphany off it because I'm sort of, like, you know, it's a bit toxic and all that. And then he said something, because obviously he said about the fact that he doesn't even like social media, and yeah. that's what launched his career, basically, because yeah, yeah. he'd been on the, se- yeah, yeah. the scene for a long time. Yeah, yeah. And obviously someone started posting about him. Yeah. And that's what launched him and got him to where he is now. But uh, And his battles with people on Twitter yeah. is quite funny. Mm. I, I get it. But what I thought was really poignant, the fact that he said, we shouldn't be scared to put out who we are on it and mm. like leave your artwork and you behind. And I started thinking about 
me leaving stuff for other people. We've all got them on our timeline. Yeah. They're like pantomime villains. I'm probably someone's pantomime villain. Yeah. They're like, oh, what's soft bollocks up to now? Oh, he's got a podcast. <laughs> and I don't mind that. Yeah. I think once you get comfortable enough in your own skin to be able to not give a fuck yeah. what people think, I think that is brilliant. And I think if everyone goes forward with that type of attitude, you shouldn't be scared to put your shit out there. But I think that's I think it's beautiful. But you're coming at it from a point of view where you're being about yourself. The problem is a lot of people are using it to be negative about others. Do you follow what I mean? It's it's fine being comfortable in who you are, but I know you're just doing what you're doing, but you're not picking holes into the next person. And I think that's the issue is human nature in some people, like they just need to lash out, don't they? I I think there's something there. What you've got to realise is most of these people wouldn't say it to you in the street. And that's the funny thing about it, because you can just call them out and just say, do you want you? Keyboard warriors, don't we? Yeah. They can hide behind their keyboards and say what they want. But, yeah. but the, the thing is as well, but sometimes it's hard for you to know if that person is genuine. Is it a genuine person or is it a fake profile? So you do think, am I talking to a real person or not? Or, so, so that's, it's a bit difficult finding the right balance. Maybe keep your circle tighter. Maybe that's, yeah, yeah. A, that's a secret to yeah, a good social yeah, media account. Yeah. Maybe no one's looked at that. We're after more followers. Maybe we should be after the ones, particularly on our own yeah. personal yeah. pages, Quality the ones that quantity. matter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah exactly. So maybe that's a good point. So following on to what everyone said, um, we should be comparing ourselves to who we were and how we're progressing. But with social media, we're comparing ourselves to others and what others are doing and we're focusing too much on them. We should be focusing on ourselves because when you see people on social media, like they're going to do buy on amazing holidays or they're doing better in the gym than you. But you can't do everything. In social media, you try and achieve something that, isn't real it's all fake isn't it so it it takes you away from reality and reality is you need to focus on yourself and improving yourself but that's the downside of it i think though isn't it because if i made a statement now that said paul is successful everybody who doesn't know you conjures up an image of paul with a big car a big house and designer clothes and a big watch but successful is happy marriage healthy children good life work balance that's success, isn't yeah, it? Going but the in, purple olive more than a couple yeah, of times. Yeah, don't knock it to you, try. But the fact is, the, the Instagram can't. They can't push that. There's more. But what are you saying? Is what are you saying? Is keep it real, stuff. then. Yeah. Keep it real. I've got no problem. I'm taking a selfie of myself, looking like I've got six chins, because I don't care. Mm-hmm. I don't care. Everyone wants to get the perfect angle. I ain't got time for that shit. You're just seeing my fat neck and that's that deal the, with it. Is that the purple yeah. angle? <laughs> yeah. That's it, yeah, your fault. That's your fault, I've got tensions. <laughs> no, but the thing is, social media, like like Finn said, it's when somebody posts something or going on holiday, it's about how many likes they're going to get on their photos or on their, on their um, timeline. It's just... What are these your real friends? It is a fine line between, you know, some people are struggling and if you're doing well, you shouldn't really rub the face in it. Yeah, you should put your on Aldi, but I think some people over-egg it, don't they? Yeah. I think that thing of like where, me personally, when I put posts up, it's more to do with, it's not, oh, look where I am, yeah. look where I've been. It's like, if you get the chance to come to this place, yeah, you know, yeah. these are places that are like good to visit. I might put a song up that I like, but it's never look at my life. And I think some of them posts that yeah. you put up, my life is better than your yeah, life. Yeah. And it's like, you're not fooling me. <laughs> you, 
you're hungry for likes. Yeah. And I, it's I can vouch for you on that because when I was trying to Photoshop your head onto stuff, I had no photos off your social media. I found it really hard. And a collared one of a recording in here. And I managed to sew onto an astronaut's head on Photoshop for one of our covers. One of the best analogies that happened that I saw personally was 2018, me and Lisa were in Ibiza and we were at the Café Del Mar and saw two girls. They didn't see the sunset because they were taking photos of themselves at the sunset. <laughs> it's that yeah. being in the like, moment. You lose yeah. it being in yeah, the moment, like, don't you? Yeah, just mental, just mental. But, you know, yes. do you? Do you, if that's what... All right. Yeah. Well, talking about social media, you might as well plug that home, are Yeah, yeah. yeah let's, <laughs> go. let's go for it. <laughs> so, uh, obviously, if you want to get hold of us on social media, it's The Pod Notes on Instagram and on Facebook, spelled P-O-D-N-A-U-T-S. Yeah, get in uh, touch. And yeah. you can find us on Spotify and Acast. Yeah, Spotify and Acast, among others. We will leave links into the description. Also to Ahmed's website and social media we'll put that in the description yeah. of this week's yeah. podcast so you can go in there and get addicted to food like we do <laughs> Have a, join our fat chin club right move on to the shout, shout outs, outs anyone? so Ahmed do you want to go first do you have any shout outs no I mean just first of, uh, first of all thank you for having me on welcome and it's been a pleasure and just a shout out to you, all my customers we've been here in the eight years now it's the customers that keep us going and keep us keep smiling and keeping us in our jobs and um Keep the community going. Yeah. Nice one, Ahmed. Oh, brilliant, yeah. Ahmed. Thank you. Right, um, I've got some shout-outs. Right, Shout-out to Liverpool John Moore's University. I went there today, and he gave us like an insight to what university life will be like, which is what I'm interested in. I'm interested in going to university, and they were very helpful. So shout-out to them. And shout-out to all the providers that wake up like every day, go to work, provide... Collect the curry. For, yeah. <laughs> provide for the families provide for the children shout out to all them who work hard every day like everyone in this room so just want to shout out to yeah, them yeah. I'd like a big shout out to everyone who got involved with the messaging and the downloads for the coffee pod too this week which was phenomenal and I must admit we made something genius there upload my own something it was brilliant and the amount of people that messaged me said that made my day oh my god it was so funny and like we've had we've had a laugh and the download the downloads went through the roof that's our most downloaded podcast and no it was only seven minutes long there's going to be more of them to come so we're, we're going to be working on them for you guys because we really appreciate all the downloads and the support of you for that usual suspects the jays kendall and ryan all the lads at uh, the number 42 pod lisa pond Daniel king Coley. yeah Cy, melv yeah. Uh, just and everyone who, who listens to it, thanks for your support. And as long as you enjoy what's happening here, we'll enjoy yeah. uh, David doing Ashton, it for you. Well. They're all big listeners. Sweet. I would like to thank everybody who turned up to the Planetary Jazz Massive's first event, Friends Our Family, on Saturday night in Chester. Sold out event, and we absolutely blew the doors off. Next event, 16th of December. Thank you all for your support. Will Jazz, John Ryan, Jimmy Allen, Kaz and G. Geddes, Angel Mel and uh, Laura Weaver. Thank you ever so much. And Steve Cosgrove. Look, Megan. And, and that was the Pod Notes. <laughs>